Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Quinley, and today we are here to recap Jeff Lewis Live for the week of January 16th to the 19th, motherfuckers! And let's get right into it. On the Monday episode, we had dun-dun-dun! I was gonna do the uh, Catch a Predator theme music, but I don't know that shit. I don't need to watch Predators get caught. I can just look out my window. Um, Chris Hansen, Gabrielle Hansen, and Doug Bioden! Bitch! It's Doug Buden, bitch! I just picture... <laughs> I feel like Doug's role of a lifetime is like dressed up as like a little Cupid or something. <laughs> he's just like in a play and he's just like hooked on to a string and he's like floating in the background. <laughs> it's Cupid, bitch! <laughs> Love you, Doug. Okay, so Chris Hansen... Oh my gosh, what a working man, all right? He was recording podcasts and catching predators during the holiday season around his in-laws, but they were all fine with that. Gabrielle's family was fine with it. They were excited, actually, to be able to, I don't know, hear a predator talk on the phone. I was like, what the fuck? Why don't you just call any man in your contact list? <laughs> call any boy around and yeah, you'll hear a predator on the phone. No, I'm kidding. I'm, jo- I'm joking. So I'm not a man hater. A she man woman hater. Alfalfa started it, all right? He started the war against women and we're just trying to claw our way back into the battlegrounds. Okay, so honestly, that scene of Little Rascals, talk about living rent-free in your life. That opening scene where the two fucking cutest, like, I got a nickel, hey, 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 uh, they, when their fishing rods get hooked, I, you know when people say, like, in memories, you either think in words or you think in images or whatever. I think in, like, clips, like, video clips. I don't know. And just with my own, I think of it all. And so sometimes when I'm, like, trying to deal with a situation and it feels like the more you tug one way, the more the other person, it, like, affects them negatively, I always just think of that opening scene from Little Rascals when their fishing lines are hooked and they're both dragging each other down. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, get the fuck off of this podcast and go watch The Little Rascals, not the first edition, like, the black and white edition. And not the new edition, not like the remake they recently did. The Goldilocks, the middle version, the <laughs> you know, the one Mary Kate and Ashley are in. The fact that Mary Kate and Ashley are in it that made my whole life. When they showed up on screen, I was like, why are they not Darla? You, I'm getting so verklempt about it. I'm like getting all worked up. Um, yeah, no, okay, Amy, let's. Darla was perfect. Darla was perfect. They Mary Kate and Ashley don't need every role, but they did steal the scene. It was like a bedroom sleepover. All the girls were chatting in their sleepover. Okay, uh, enough recapping the little rascals. That's not why we're here. <laughs> we're here to talk about predators. So Jeff Lewis, he was like, after they were talking about um, how they spent their holiday season, Jeff was like, wowee, I want to spend the holidays with the Hansons. That sounds like a great time catching predators. And I was thinking, like, the second that he said that, I was like, I mean, I guess I'd rather spend it with the Hansons than the Jansons, but... 
the Jansons and the Bellinos now. But I don't, there was just something about like the more we said Hanson, the more I just kept on thinking Jansen. And now I just kind of want to see a celebrity boxing match with John Jansen versus Chris Hansen, motherfuckers. But let's not ask Oscar, Oscar to um, enunciate, announce, enunciate, because. I don't trust. Yeah, we've been over this. I show us what you got, kid. Or um, he might be like the world's best announcer. But again, the fact that he has not done it one time in the year that Jeffrey has requested it, pretty much every time he's been on air, it's just like, and it, yeah, I, I all right, Oscar, what are you hiding up that sleeve? In one corner, we have the shittiest housewife hunter of the year, John Jensen. Ding ding ding. Versus your favorite molester catcher, Chris Hansen. Ding, 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 ding. I'll do it. I guess I'm volunteering as tribute. <laughs> Don't ask me twice. Um, also, just talking about like all the predators around the holidays and stuff. You guys, oxygen, the cha- not, not the thing we breathe, but the channel, oxygen channel. This is... <laughs> So inappropriate. I gasped a thousand breaths the second that I saw it. They were doing a special this holiday season. A, um, I don't just like, a. they were doing homicide for the holidays. It was called homicide for the holidays. And they were celebrating the holidays with all of their best homicide episodes. And I was like, wow, well, I can't think of a better way to ring in, ring in Christmas season, Jesus's birthday, allegedly, Still haven't seen proof on that, but, but who, all right, Amy, don't dive into that shit. Um, but yeah, it was just like, why are we celebrating death at the homicide for the holidays? I just really thought society reached it's a new low when I saw that. Okay. So then Gabrielle Hansen, she lets us know (laughs) that prisoners hate child molesters specifically. Like you can rob a bank, you can murder the bank teller, you can I don't know. Can you sexually assault? If if are they mad at like rapists too, or is it just the, the child rapist? I don't I don't know these things. Thank God, thank God. But yeah, the prisoner code besides don't say anything. Stitches snitches get stitches. Is um prisoners hate pedophiles? Like just don't fuck with kids, okay? And it's like yeah, no shit because there's a difference in a criminal mind. Versus a mentally ill mind. Like, you have to understand. It just, it drives me crazy because there, I've, especially with um, child child assault stuff or um, pedoph- pedophilia, I believe, I don't know, and I'm not an expert, thank God, again, in this field. But I do believe that there's significant childhood trauma that the rapist or predator went through themselves, and now later in their adult years, they are now turned into the predator, prey-turned-predator. And I'm just saying, like, there are so many missed checkpoints and checks and balances in our healthcare system where people should be getting help for mental health treatment just as much as if you broke a leg you go to the doctor and they they um diagnose what that was if you have something happen to you and your brain is a little broken like you need to go to a psychiatrist and get it diagnosed and then get treatment plans for that like 
we need to treat this a little more seriously because I understand, look, any criminal, I don't want to be around that shit. And like anything is bad, of course, but like there's definitely a difference, at least in the mental motivation behind robbing a bank, like needing to pay your bills and put money, uh, put food on the table. And I'm sure money on the table, your kids would love that too. Put everything on the table and the difference between that motive and then wanting to like fuck a two-year-old child. Like who, nobody wants to fuck a two-year-old child unless you're severely mentally ill. So like, let's, that needs a whole nother level of treatment. Like I just, these prisoners, I, 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 again, I don't know anything about the system, but I would hope that they are getting real treatments. And I know that Chris mentioned a psychiatrist coming into the hospital every now and then, but like, this sounds like a day, this guy would need daily treatment, you know, like intensive Physical therapy for the brain. But again, what the fuck do I know, huh? All right, so at this point in the episode, Jeff brings up Hollywood House Lift. Actually, he doesn't. I don't know if he did or not, but I have a note on it that I need to get out, and I'll forget it if I don't say this. Okay, in this eighth episode of Hollywood House Lift, you guys, Kian, Kian, our very own Kian, well, ex-Kian, he shows up. He shows up on air. He shows up on the big screen, Riddle me that. I've never been more confused in my life, okay? So Kian shows up on Amazon Freebie to film a scene about Shane being overloaded with work since Nancy was leaving, even though now Nancy's back. But Jeff was like, oh, do you want Nancy's position, Kian? And Kian was like, no, you need to actually be smart for that. If she forgets any of your groceries, you're just going to fire her. And I was like, her? Her? What? So she has to be a girl now? Okay. Right. The girls in Jeff's office, they get like the the housekeeping work. And then the men get to do the real, the real stuff. Right? Right? Is that how? Oh, no. Jeff, you did have Vanina as a designer one. So, and you do have Megan, even though you verbally abuse and emotionally abuse. But okay, we don't need to get into that. That's not why we're here. We're here to fuck with Kian because he fucked with us for the past six months, you guys. He hoodwinked us more than anybody that Jeff has complained about because for, and also, okay, no, no, let's start. All right. Starting with the fact to see Kian on screen. Now, look, I don't actually watch many of the Jeff Lewis live clips or like on Instagram, whatever. So I don't know what all of these people look like, which is fascinating in itself. So to see Kian on screen, I had never seen him like that, like in full HD, a full daylight uh, sun streak coming in on the face. Like we got to see the crevices, you know? Um, yeah. I, um, <sighs> First of all, I cannot see him and Krista together. That that made it so confusing for me. That it was already weird, but like I get it if it's like a Christian Grey type or like um Jacob Eldori. He's like this new hot actor. He's the one from Euphoria. He was in Saltburn, all of that stuff. Like if Kian looked like that, but I'm not shaming. Like any yes, sure, we can all find All right, Amy, don't get don't don't don't. Okay. So what I will say about Kian, <laughs> oh my god. So for Kian to not want to have been on radio this entire time he's worked for Jeff, like Jeff has always been asking Kian questions in studio and everything. And we know Kian is sitting there because he allegedly ran the social media stuff, but he was never, he never wanted to be on mic. He never wanted to be on the JLL video, whatever, maybe in like the background rushing around to whatever. So to see him in on Hollywood house lift, which Hollywood House, you could argue that that is a bigger 
platform, like to be on a TV show versus just on a daily radio show, it's all great. I'm just saying, Kian, why the fuck would you want to be on Amazon Freebie, but you don't want to be on JLL, the Sirius XM show? Like, that makes no sense to me. If you didn't want to be mic'd up ever or on camera ever, I get it. I totally get not wanting to be involved at all and just being behind the scenes. But that wasn't the case. You were totally fine with being mic'd up and on camera for Hollywood Houselift. But again, you couldn't even say one fucking peep on JLL this entire time when every anyone would ask you a question. is that You couldn't just be like, lean over and be like, yeah, yes, I played the fifth. Like, you wouldn't say anything, and now you'll be on a scene in Hollywood. Do you get what I mean? It just, I guess the double standards are alive and well in the JLL office anyway, so it's fine. It's fine. All right, then Chris Hansen and his wife tell a story about how they saw a raccoon ice skating in Central Park. No, no, of course, it was another child predator story. What do you think? <laughs> Oh, the good times keep on coming. No, but this um, almost child molester, he was also a doctor. So that's great. That's great for our children's future. Your children's future, not mine. Um, But the pervy doc, he didn't know who Chris Hansen was. And, or, I don't know, I guess like he just thought he was getting a stern talking to when Chris busted down the door and was like, you're not getting a 10-year-old puss today. And... So once Chris left, the police came a knock in right away. And you guys, this is the craziest part of the story. Once the doctor molester, almost molester, once he realized that he was about to be carted away by the police, he faked his own heart attack. <laughs> he faked his own heart attack. <laughs> the funniest thing to all right so like so all of a sudden all the police bust through you're surrounded you're surrounded and what he looks around and he goes <gasps> like like again things i don't know i don't even know how to fake a heart attack how do you fake it what do you do do you just start like panting like <gasps> like i'm ow it hurts like obviously you're not having a heart attack <laughs> Every vein's popping out. They're like, sir, you're just choosing not to breathe. He's like, oh, crap. I, I just don't get how you can fake a heart attack. Like, so what's not funny about that is when the police arrested him, the doctor ended up spending four days in county jail and his wife didn't know where he was that entire time. You guys, I have so many questions about this because I've been watching way too many like disappearing mystery documentaries, all that shit and like unsolved mysteries. So... When you disappear, right, um, you're supposed to wait, unless it's a child, if it's an adult, you have to wait like 24 or 48 hours to report them. But in the meantime, they say to call all the jails and hospitals to make sure they're not there first. So for four days, for four days, his wife didn't report him missing? He didn't, she didn't report him missing. Like, it already crossed the threshold. Now you could have reported him missing, but you didn't. Or you also didn't call the local hospitals and jails. Because if you did report him missing, they would obviously see that he was incarcerated at the moment. And then, like, you, so, like, I just, I have so, there's so much more to this story. I need to talk to the wife. She has the tea. So, anyways, then this doctor was contemplating suicide in his jail cell. And I was like, what the fuck, Chris Hansen? Did you do, like, a post-arrest interview with him? How do you know all the things that happened after the fact? I guess he probably knows all the cops and everything. 
But it's not like he can follow up on every single predator he's ever caught. Like, that's exhausting. There's endless, endless predators. It's such a lovely world we live in. So, but anyways, my point is exactly. He was contemplating suicide. Like, there was a serious mental health disease going on there. Their brain is diseased. We need to get people more help. I like to help others so that I don't have to help myself. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just too busy helping others. Okay, so then we touch on the gigolo beach killer from Long Island. And Chris Hansen basically has to mansplain how all murder cases can't be solved right away because there's too many men killing women for the cops to even keep up with. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, he said it in a more professional way, but let's fucking call it what it is. There's too many murders. And guess what? It's not girls murdering girls all the time. It's not girls murdering boys all the time. It's mainly men murdering women. All right. So I watched all about it on Homicide for the Holidays on Oxygen. No. Okay. Um, I do want to say also that Chris and Gabrielle Hansen sound like such a fun couple. Gabrielle's friend says that Chris takes the fun out of everything because anytime they're like out or doing something, he's always playing games like, oh, if we were in this scenario or that, or like is always reminding them of stories about how people are fucking crazy, be on guard all the time. Don't give out your address on live air, Kelly Dodd or Doug Buden. Don't fucking host uh, Trump, I, Doug, don't do that shit. I know your Airbnb or your, just your B&B, no air involved. Um, take the oxygen out of it. So leave that for homicide for the holidays. Okay. So just don't do that shit. Like don't like, people, I don't trust people They're too much these days, but, um, I just do like people who aren't afraid to talk about shit though. You know, like the fact that so many people would just be like, oh my God, Chris, don't, we don't need that reminder all the time. And I'm like, yeah, we do. Cause that's the world we actually live in. Again, let's call it what it is people. So love them. Then Chris Hansen talks about the Alaska Airlines plane incident where the door, you know, just casually lifted off after liftoff. And he was like, I just don't understand in this day and age how a new plane like that went through all the checks and balances and it can still malfunction. And I was like, well, welcome to America. Welcome to America, bitch, where money's the king. Again, if you don't understand anything about our country, all it comes down to is bow to the mighty dollar, okay? All the doll hairs in the world. Capitalism runs our country. Boeing fucking sucks. Watch the documentary. Sorry, Boeing. Don't come for me. Um, but, but fix your shit. Fix accountability. Jeff wants accountability in people in his life. Yeah, let's start with the major corporations that are running our life on the daily basis. Like, we're all using airplanes. Well, let's not say that. That's very false. I'm sure a lot of people haven't used airplanes, but... You could, or you know a loved one, and you just, we all want to be safe, right? So let's value safety over the CEO getting an extra $20 million this holiday season as a bonus, okay? Get him an oxygen subscription instead and learn about homicide. Okay, so then um, Gabrielle Hansen, she makes this self-depreciating joke about her body. And Chris, he goes, hey, don't sell yourself short. You're a good-looking gal. <laughs> a good-looking gal? A good-looking gal? Are, are we in the newsies? Is it the 1950s? Hey, a tootsie, a good-looking gal. 
I fucking loved it. Never get it twisted. No, I'm obsessed with like the Newsies era. It's just so fun. I love a gal. I love when somebody's comfortable enough to throw a gal in. Like it takes a specific man to be able to pull off gal. And he did it flawlessly. You're a good looking gal, Gabrielle. <laughs> Gabrielle. Okay. So Jeff packed, um, Jeff Lewis. Yeah, we're still talking about him. I know this has been a lot of Chris Hansen predator shit. So Jeff packed for the New York trip by himself, for himself, by himself. And he was so proud that he didn't have to call Shane in over the weekend to pack a four-day bag, a four-day, yep, yep, four days. And Shane is like, oh my God, no, Jeff, you did amazing. You killed it. These outfits, delicious. Which, of course, you would say if it, you're the assistant and it means one less job for you. <laughs> I don't care if Jeff's out there in, like, a fucking onesie and a hoodie. Like, yeah, the, you, beautiful. That's the new trend. You look up, you're so chic, so chic. Like, I don't, I'm not coming over to fucking pack for you. Yeah, just... Shove some shit in a, a bag. I don't know. But it turns out Jeff forgot socks and headphones. And all I could think is genuinely, I can't think of two worse things to forget. Headphones are so fucking necessary. Like, I would rather forget my contact solution than headphone. No, no, you need headphones. But also, weren't you flying in first class? Don't they have spare headphones? Can you spare a square? Um... But, and also, like, yeah, underwear, you can live, you can live without it. You can, even if you have the pair on right now, do a little flippy insy outsies. I don't know. Whatever. Don't judge. But yeah, I'd rather that than not having socks. Saw in this weather, in this snowy tundra. Jeff's solution is for Shane to make him a checklist. So then Jeff won't need human Shane. He'll just have checklist Shane. And again, Shane is like, Gladly, gladly, I will gladly write you a fucking checklist rather than coming to your house on a weekend morning to pack your clothes for a four-day trip. Like, I was supposed to be the executive producer of the Radio Jeff channel by now, okay? And I'm still here packing your New York suitcase for four, five, no, no, we gotta, we gotta upgrade my life and starting with no more packing. I think that Jeff needs to get reunited with his notes app on his phone. Like my motto is you cannot forget things if you have a list. Okay. So, I mean, unless you don't check the list, you can always write a list, but you got to check the list <laughs> before you're done. That's why it's called the checklist people. Okay. So I just thought of that really. I mean, but it makes sense. Okay, so him and Shane, they can even share notes on their phone. Does Jeff know that? Like, you could have one note for packing lists, one note for grocery lists, and share them with your team so that none of your employees can be like, oh my god, I didn't know you needed me to do that. You're just like, oh really? Is that not your Apple ID attached to this shared note? Jeff, I swear to fucking God, the second you start letting me help you, help us is the day we'll all be better off. But until then, we're worse for the wear. <laughs> Nah, just worse for the wear over here. Okay, so then a TSA agent told Jeff he looked straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton, motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. Straight out of Star Trek. <laughs> Yo, what an evil cackle, but <laughs> the image of Jeff dressing like straight out of Compton, <laughs> shifting right into straight out of Star Trek. Too good. Okay, he really is. He gives off such like 
What's the Apple guy? Steve Jobs. Yep, he gives off turtleneck with wired glasses. Jeff Lewis, I'm talking about you. And I know you don't wear that, but if you did, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, so then Shane was instantly like, oh my god, Jeff, no, you never look anything like Star Trek. Nothing like the sorts. And then two seconds later, as other people are talking, under the tiniest of breaths into his microphone, he whispers, I've never watched Star Trek. I've never watched Star Trek, so he doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. He's just stuck inside of Jeff's arsehole, just like the paramedic's finger stuck inside Nicole Ryan's, but we'll get to that. And it just really reminded me of Pitch Perfect. You know that um girl who she's like the wicked quiet one and all of a sudden she just says stuff under her breath and she's like, I ate my twin in the womb. That was Shane in that moment. Okay, so then a travel agent at Amazon fucked up Jeff's travel info, and he was like, oh my god, I can't believe that she fucked it up. I mean, I'm assuming it's a girl. Maybe it's a guy. Don't know why I'd assume it's a girl. Oh, maybe for the same reason you guys assumed your next housekeeper was going to be a girl? Because you still think that there's boy jobs and girl jobs. And that, Jeffrey Lewis, is why you need to watch Barbie and get your head out of your fucking dick. Swear to God, I swear to fucking God, no more Mr. Nice Guy, right, Jeff? Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, motherfucker. Then Chris Hansen told some long-ass story about his plane travels, and I was like, stick to the pedophiles, bitch. Stick to the fucking pedophiles. That was much more interesting. No, I'm I'm kidding. Um, But Chris and his wife, you guys, this was wild. This wasn't okay. Jeff asked them, so do you guys, like, have pets or anything? And Chris Hansen says, mm-mm. Oh, no. All right. Calm down, Amy. Calm down. He says, we do have a grand dog. (laughs) A grand dog? I think I'm specifically triggered. Basically, his daughter has a dog. So, all right, again, you don't have, the answer's no, you don't have a dog. Um, I think I'm triggered specifically because my mother does this as well, and she'd be like, how are my grandkittens? How are my grandbabies? And I'm like, what the fuck? I see how you treat your real, real grandchildren, and those motherfuckers get presents for breathing. They get, they get everything in the world shoved onto them, all of that, whatever, When's the last time you bought anything for my babies? When's the last time you put respect on that fur, okay? So don't ever say you're the motherfucking grandbaby mother of the year to these motherfuckers when you don't do shit for them, all right? They like catnip. How about that? Buy buy some of that and catch us outside. All right, so then Marie calls in. What was most hilarious about this is Jeff asking... Hey, can we take a call right now? And Shane was like, yep, you have two minutes. And Jeff was like, hey, Marie, I have three minutes. (laughs) I was like, oh, in that 0.01 second from Shane finishing his set, did we just gain a minute? Did we gain time? It was just hilarious. So Marie ends up being a retired Delta gate agent, and she was saying how she had to push a plane to Atlanta from Salt Lake City once. And all I could think was, push a plane? Aren't your arms tired? Aren't your arms tired, Marie? Are you Taylor's Armstrong sister, Marie Armstrong? Because <laughs> your arm got to be strong to push planes, I'd imagine. I'm not doing that shit. Y'all leave Marie to push that. Okay, moving on to the Wednesday episode. We had Luann Deliceps and Doug Budin. Doug Budin, bitch. It's Cupid, bitch. 
I don't know why. I'm sorry, Doug. You just have to be a floating Cupid, okay? Love ya. Again, we know. Jeff starts by talking shit about Luann's show name, The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I was gonna, Luann has many shows, okay? Not Real Housewives in New York, not Luann and Sonia crapping in a lake, not uh, what uh, her cabaret shows. No, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. You guys, we need to talk about this. For, I agree, Jeff. Okay, so the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. First of all, what a fucking mouthful. We ain't got time for that. So the acronym for it is R-H-U-G-T. Now, when I see that hashtag, R-H-U, I'm just like, that looks like throw up in a hashtag. Like, <laughs> it just looks like, rugged. I don't like anything about it. It actually kind of reminds me of Rugrats. Like it feels like the, like what Rugrats, if they were trying to be cool, they'd be the Rugs. I don't know. I'm so confused how things get named. The naming mechanism. Actually, I'm not confused. It's bullshit. That's what it is. It's people in the Bravo executive. You think that there's like all these crazy marketing geniuses, whatever. No, it's like three people. It's like Sarah, Emily, and Devon in a room together being like, all right, so what should we name this show? Real Housewives R-H-U-G-T? No. I'm so I get where you were going with it. Great starting point, not our finisher. It wasn't the finisher. What you should have done is R-H-U-V. The Real Housewives Ultimate Vacation. R-H-U-V. It's easier. It's, it's good. Perfect. You could have even done R-H-U-T. The Real Housewives Ultimate Trip. Ulti Why does that have to be girls trip? Why we got the girls? The They're out having fun already, all right? Let them be. We don't need to drag them down into the title. So I'm just saying let's work harder on that. Let's not just approve R-H-U-G-T without coming up with like five alternatives that all would have been better options. So then Doug points out how amazing the actual show is, not the name of the show, but the actual sh content's great. And they went back to the same houses that they stayed at during old seasons. Like they went to the St. Bart's house that they went to. And I'm like, we're really supposed to remember and be impressed that they went to the same touristy house in St. Bart's twice in a row. Like the one that they went to over a decade ago. You think I remember that house? I have enough shit to remember on my own. I'm not going to remember that. What the fuck? Like I... Couldn't remember, even the staircase, right? In this Ultimate Girls Trip, Kristen Takeman and whoever, every time they were coming up the stairs, go, they went to do anything. They had to come up this giant staircase. Wouldn't I have remembered that from the first season that this show, like, I don't remember that from the original New York trip. And I don't, I don't remember any of it. The, the, trying to bring the pirate in, that was so lame. I'm sorry, it, it was. It was like, let the mouse go, as Sutton said. Let the mouse go. Go have new fun. We don't need to do that many callbacks. And again, none of us fucking remembered that house. It's probably been through 12 remodels since you guys stayed in it. So stop trying to make it like so kitschy. Like just fucking let things be. I don't know. You know, I don't know. All right. So Luann says, now that I'm in my 50s and thriving era, I realize I really don't need a man. I don't need no man. I'm not looking. But if one does magically fall from the sky, I would love that so much. And Jeff is like, so you are looking. So you are looking. And I was like, thank you. Again, a theme of this week is call it what it is. We're calling it what it is. And... It's okay, Luann, to be like, yeah, I'm great on my own and happy and all of that. And like, I can go out and have fun. But at the end of the day, of course, I would want to be with somebody long term. You could just say that. Just say we don't have to. But Luann was so shisty about a couple things with her dating life. Okay, so 
we find out that Luann's first husband, which I mean, talk about shysty. She learned it from her husband. He cheated on her and ended it via email, via email, via the opposite of um, Garcelle Bouvet from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She, after she found out about the cheating, she blast did an email blast to all of her family and friends like, hey, my ex-husband, soon to be ex-husband, is a piece of shit and this is why we're getting divorced. Um, the count did that to the countess instead and was like, email blasted just her and was like, hey, this is why we're getting divorced. Um, I'm cheating on you with an Ethiopian princess. An e a fucking princess, bro. Can you imagine somebody cheats on you with a fucking princess? Like... Look, girls, it's not about competing with each other or anything like that. But I'm just saying princess pussy, princess pussy is a whole different level that us mere peasants, we can't achieve that shit on our own, okay? Even Kim Kardashian, she claims she loves her vagina. That doesn't compare. If you are a natural born princess, I swear princess pussy has to win. It, has, it takes the cake. It takes the cake, 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 cake. Um... But so this is where Luann gets shicey about her dating life. So Jeff asks specifically, are you on the dating apps? And Luann goes, <laughs> Luann goes, no, but Zach Braff is. I was like, what the fuck? Did, did we think in the scheme of life in 2024 that on Jeff Lewis Live, Zach Braff was going to get thrown under the bus this <laughs> By Countess Luann, of all people. I just love this word. Like, that's what I'm saying. The shit, you can't script that shit. Like, Countess Luann outing Zach Braff on Jeff Lewis Live. Again, this all sounds like three fools walk into a bar joke. Okay, so Luann was saying, yeah, but I can't go for Zach because he's in his 40s and I don't do 40. I don't, I was getting confused with all the age shit. But I was like... So you are on the apps, Luann? Like you, J Jeff specifically just asked you, you said no, and then you said, but Zach Braff matched with me. So it's not like if, okay, say her friends had the apps, right? Which I'm sure plenty of them do. It wouldn't be like they were like, oh my gosh, Luann, look, Zach Braff is just matched with me and whatever, and like showing Luann. And then she remembered that tidbit and then got onto JLL and was like, oh yeah, Zach Braff's on the apps. Like, no. She's saying it because Zach Braff matched specifically with her. She matched with Zach. And I'm just saying, how did we let this slide? Like, Doug kind of started to point it out. He was like, wait, I thought you said you weren't. But then she was like, darling, and like overpowered and steered it away. Like the PR pro that she is. But us fucking sleuths can't help but notice shit. All right. So I'm just saying, I think Luann is on the apps. Okay, so then we find out that during her cabaret shows, Luann sings a song, L-O-V-E, though, you know, she would sing it like, Hell is for the way you look at me. And Luann was like, oh my God, I can't believe how many young people know the words. They're singing along, all of this. And it's like, yeah, Luann, do you want to know why we all know that song? It's a fun fact. It's because... Of fucking Lindsay Lohan, all right? It's because of the fire crotch herself. No, I'm so sorry. I know that that's been a big thing. I'm only saying that because I have one too. I'm a self-proclaimed fire crotch. Bring, take back the power, okay? Our pussy's lit, bitch. Motherfucking lit. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. If you want to have beautiful ginger hair, then you're going to have it everywhere. And it is a fucking derogatory thing to say about us, okay? If anybody's wondering, it's fucking rude. And I have had 
high school girls trap me in the locker room. You're a fire crotch. You're a fire crotch. And I was like, ah. I know. Like, what do you say to the, okay, I'll just go jump off a bridge then. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Okay, but anyways, back to Lindsay Lohan, Parent Trap. That song was so iconic in Parent Trap in the scene. So, like, that's why we all know it. All right? All right? And Oreos dipped in peanut butter will never not be delicious. So, thank you, Parent Trap. You taught us a lot. But just for any um, person of an older age, when they wonder why younger kids know lyrics, just know it's always because there was a remix or a re- like somebody made it fun for the youth again, okay? Because I remember my dad driving with him once and Satisfaction came on. I don't even know, the Rolling Stones who really sings it. And I was singing along to it. And he looks over at me and he's like, how do you know the Rolling Stones? And I was like, this isn't the role. This is Britney Spears song. They're just doing a cover of it. And he almost had to pull the car over because he was dying laughing because I was so serious. Like to me, who came first, the chicken or the egg? Britney Spears, bitch. She fucking came first. Okay. So I can't get no satisfaction. Such a good fucking song. All right, moving on to Thursday's episode. We had Sida Silva and Nicole Ryan. There is a mouse inside of the Barbie Corvette. That will never get old. Okay, so uh, circle back to old episodes with Nicole Ryan. You got to hear that story. It was actually the first episode she's ever been on with Jeff. Okay, so um, Sai and Nicole and even Luann yesterday, they were all giving Jeff some great life advice, but like wrapping it up into like one sentence that just blew his mind forever. Like if you don't believe in you, then nobody will. I don't just kind of like generic quotes or like, you got to control your thoughts. But for Jeff, these were like mind blowing new concepts, which is fine. Like sometimes it just takes a different perspective or hearing somebody else just say something you might've heard a million times, but in a different way. And it just really resonates resonates with you. But this is what I was saying last week with Dr. Donna. Like I love Dr. Donna. I love that she's in Jeff's life. I hope that they're friends forever. However, now that they've had like business relationships as well as their psychiatrist patient one, because, um, Jeff also hired her to have an entire show on his, is that a channel? Yes. That's a chip, but just a video, a video channel vlog. So I mean, more than I'll ever have. Why say that, girl? Let's dream big. Just like, just, if, if you don't believe it, no one will. So, yeah, we're going to have more listeners one day. Well, you'll rule the day, people, I promise. Not you guys. You guys have been there the whole time. You'll get all the fucking love from me. Trust that. So, um, but I'll, I'm saying with Dr. Donna, I want Jeff to always keep her in his life and maybe even hire her as his psychiatrist in a couple years or whatever. I just think they need a break in terms of the therapist patient relationship. And I think he needs a new perspective and that's all I'll say about that. So then Nicole was letting us know that Cy at dinner the night before brought up how like is monogamy even possible? And Cy was like, yeah, I want people to start talking about this, like how monogamy might be an awful option and it's just not normal. I hate when married people, like when married people present concepts that it's just like, yeah, that's why I'm fucking not married, bitch. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I get it. A lot of people, I mean, I've just been so conditioned since I was young. My brother was so monogamy isn't real. And like, I could, you could, humans aren't meant to be monogamous and literally drilled that in our heads any chance he could. And so I've always like 
understood that side of you. And as I got older, I've only seen it play out more and more where I just know either people like you, you're all cheated on. Everybody's been cheated on or emotionally cheating or this cheat. Like I, that's why, yeah, I think it is time to have open and honest conversations, but also it's like, yeah, when you go to weddings and you're supposed to be like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing ever. This true and everlasting love. And you're like, all right, first of all, he cheated on her last month. We know that. Also, every if divorce is 50% at a 50% rate and that's just report what they report. Again, if that was what it was 20 years ago, I guarantee divorce is at an 80% right now if people were honest about that shit. And so, or wanting to, or separated, whatever. It's much, much higher. And so it's like, you guys are the one that have to be honest. Like, actually, I do applaud you, Sai, because you are married and you are being honest that this might not be the best long-term solution. I know that um, the other Real Housewives in New York girl that Jeff used to love, Erin, Erin DeLici, she was similar with her husband. Like, yeah, maybe down the line we might mess around, go to a couple of key parties. I don't fucking know. And so... Yeah, it's, it, it's just so crazy. Even like Heather McDonald on her podcast when she talks about like couples that are lasting a, li- a long time and she's like, they give us hope because they stayed together and stuck through it all. And I'm like, but what does that mean? That it gives you hope for what? That you can be miserable for 15 years and then have a good five with that? Like what? I don't just, I just think people need to be so intentional with their life and really learn yourself, know what the fuck you want, tell people straight up what you want. Don't be scared of that shit. And yeah, let's just, let's be a little more honest and maybe a little more non-monogamous. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about it, Sai. Okay, moving on to the Friday episode. We had Margaret Josephs. We had Margaret Kiss and Lexi Barbuto and Shane motherfucking Douglas in the building all week, every week. Motherfucking bitch, listen up now. Okay. All right, so we start by recapping just New York guy saga, that whole thing, the shower saga of 2024, where basically Jeff, they, I don't know, did they go out to dinner and then they get back to Jeff's hotel and Jeff was like, hey, can you shower before we fuck? I think that's how it went. And my question is, okay, I wasn't even going to talk about this because it just annoys the shit out of me because I dated a guy that was like Jeff and I was like, chill the fuck out, bro. We're not, we're, this isn't going to work. Like I'm not a dirty little hamster, like Angelina from Jersey shore, but I may or may I, I'll fuck of my hot boyfriend after his hockey game when he was also, I've done that. I've done that. I don't mind. All right. It's a little fun. And also here's my thing. If your whole thing is like, you need to be so clean, so clean before you get into bed and have sex with me. Like, but then when we get clean and then we have sex, we're going to get all more fluids all over us. And what, so then do you have to shower again for the third time? Like you shower in the morning, then you shower pre-sex when you get home to wash off your day. And then you have to shower post-sex or are you saying you don't shower post-sex? Isn't that nasty, bro? What's the difference in having all these germs on you and then having, you're getting, if you're doing sex right, then you're going to get a little sweaty. Okay. Girl, I'm gonna make you work until you can't sweat no more. And if you cry, I'm gonna push it some more, more, more. Is that song about sexual assault? Should we look into that? I actually fucking love that song. What's it called? Sweat by Bobby Darren. Who is it? Inner Circle. Of course the band is Inner Circle. Because only they have to keep everything in their inner circle. Because anytime the girls try to speak out, they just push it some more, more, more. 
Okay. Um, but so yes, again, Jeff, like riddle me that. So then if you get, if you're doing sex, right? Yeah. You get a little sweaty. So then you get sweaty, you have the fluids on you and then you go to sleep and you're fine with that. What? What? Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I do want to be a dirty little hamster because the, if you date somebody like Jeff, the, the, I have OCD, but I don't have that cleanliness part of it. So like, I just, the cycle never ends. You can always, nothing is ever clean enough. Anytime, even if you dust something, the second you walk away, microfibers make it dusty again. It's the worst, the cycle. I'm too busy breaking generational cycles to deal with the dust cycle. All right, so then we recap John Hill's show. Jeff has many notes, many notes for John. Now, Again, I do want to be nice about these people. I will say, because everybody seems to be obsessed with John Hill. Like, guests, chumps, everybody. I don't get the John Hill appeal, but I do think he's an, like a great person. You know, like, if I ever was... No, when I become successful, I don't want somebody to be like, I don't get her appeal. It's like, all right, bitch, then I'm just not for you. So that's how I feel like John Hill. He would be like, all right, bitch, then I'm just not for you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. We just were not made for each other, but I will take y'all's word for it. So Jeff says how great of a voice John has and Marge, Margaret Joseph, she goes, he should be on Broadway. And Shane was like, he's been on Broadway. And Marge was like, then he should go back to Broadway. Great idea. Great idea, Margaret. Okay. That was a light bulb moment for me. I don't know if this is already a play, but having a Broadway play called back to Broadway, that would be epic. I can see the streets being lined up for yonder over that. Like it would, it could be a musical, right? Um, starring John Hill. Sure. Maybe even Jameson. If you want to roll Doug Buden, toss in, okay? Because it's going to be about a young twink that's trying to write a play interesting enough to get his favorite washed up Broadway star twink back to the big stage like he loved this Broadway actor Broadway performer this young kid and then the Broadway performer stuff happened in his own life and he became like a hermit somewhere else and now this kid wants to write the best musical ever that will inspire this guy to finally make his big return back onto the stage but the whole play is about making the play you know you know do you feel me let's get that shit written but instead, we're too busy talking about shrimping and bussy flaps. Bussy, bussy, bussy. Um, yeah. Then Jeff Shane and Jim Thompson went to Hooters for dinner last night. No, they went to like a Michelin star restaurant. And Jim brought up how John Mayer showed up to work on Thanksgiving Day in the Sirius XM studios, working his little heart away on the holidays, strumming, strumming that pain away. And Jeff was like, really, really? You're going to brag about that shit when I have asked for six years to work on a holiday? And yet you always say our staff isn't tall enough or that you're short staffed. I don't know what that means. Okay, so... My question to Jeff is, why can't you pre-record, bud? Like this Monday, this Monday, right? I had no idea that it was even a national holiday. So I was like, why isn't there a show? And trust me, by the way, I am loving these four-day weeks. There's been quite a few holidays this 2024 so far. Actually, maybe just one. Okay, but whatever. In the past couple months, there's been a lot of days off for Jeff. And it makes it so much easier on me when I only have to listen to four episodes and five. So I mean, but I'm just saying, Jeff, there is a solution to 
most of all problems if you just find the right people to talk to, okay? Hi, hello, how are ya? I'm here for your fucking solution. Why can't you pre-record? I mean, it's not, I'm sure you've thought of that solution before, but why isn't that your solution? Why couldn't you just do two episodes on last Friday, record one right after your live show, and then just have a tape version? We don't need everything that live if it's a few days old, whatever. Even if you want to vault one, if you want to just do an episode with Doug, Megan, whatever, talk about like old shenanigans, old times, whatever. Great. Have them banked in a vault. I just, I don't, I mean, you know, we can help. So then Marge sent, oh, Margaret. I don't, do people call Margaret Joseph's Marge? Marge and Marge? So Margaret sent Monroe makeup brushes from her makeup line. And Margaret's like, yeah, it's from my line that's available at Walmart. And Jeff's like, great. So where did we buy it? (laughs) And Margaret's like, Walmart. <laughs> I just said Walmart. Just like, oh, I didn't know that was an actual place. I've never been. Never been. Uh, I have. So we talk about Margaret's non-alcoholic beverage line, Sorore, and Jeff's been mentioning all week how he's trying to monitor his alcohol consumption. I mean, he's been trying ever since we've known him, kind of, but same. Same, bro. You know, it's a lifetime of working on moderation. It's just no fun. It's just no fun. Um, but Jeff's obsessed with iced teas and what I want to recommend to everyone. Oh my God. So good. Half lemonade, half seltzer, baby. Okay. Add in a lime. If you want, add in some basil, some bougie ass basil, if you want to be fancy, but it's like a lemonade spritz, a lemonade spritz. Cause the actual lemonade is just so sugary. And so it just like makes it like a fun spread. It's so good. And you'll love it. Now, the Southern Charm reunion, even if you don't watch Southern Charm, Shep Rose, he's been a pretty iconic character in the Bravo sphere. And he announced that after BravoCon, where he was blackout for a few days, he should really start drinking Margaret's soiree, but instead he's just going to not drink hard liquor anymore. So then at the end of this reunion, because I've talked about this since the beginning of Splash's Ass, because I've thought about it since the beginning of time. When Bravo does these reunions, they always do one thing at the end where it's like, cheers with a glass of champagne for Beverly when Heather DeBrow was like champ champs okay great bring out champs and it's usually always alcohol but then when there's a sober person on the cast they always specifically call out the fact that that person is not drinking alcohol and I'm like if you guys are just doing one cheers with this why do you have to make it an alcoholic beverage if somebody on the cast is sober why can't it just like there are so many things that you could have done so for this southern charm they it was like a Jamaican theme because they had just just gone on a trip to Jamaica. So at the end, they bring out rum punch for everybody. But since Shep's not drinking rum, they give him juice. And Andy's like, Shep's drinking juice. Everybody, Shep's drinking juice. Like, okay, we fucking get it. It's not, we get it. You don't need to announce it. Like, but why? And they're also wearing tinfoil hats. Nothing was okay about this ending. But I'm just saying, why the fuck did you have to do a rum punch just because they went to Jamaica for like a two day trip? Why wouldn't you do an Arnold Palmer? Bring out Arnold Palmer's for everybody. That represents Charleston, South Carolina more than anything I can think of. And everybody could drink it and you wouldn't have to make an announcement. This person's not drinking rum. Like, great. No rum. Where are you from? Suck a bum. We don't fucking care. Oh my God, I'm just sitting here watching missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And I'm like, when will any of these fucking executives hand me the fucking bat so I can play ball, motherfucker? All right, that's all for me for this week. Um, Have the best week ever, you guys. I fucking love you. You're the best. Love you forever. Bye. Splash, splash, splash.
Splash your sand, splash your sand.